Support for OPB comes from our members and from our sponsors, like Mike Rosenberg from Columbia Credit Union. Mike says they trust what they see and hear on OPB, and that aligns with Columbia Credit Union's brand. From the Gerd Boyle studio at OPB, this is Think Out Loud. I'm Dave Miller. A study this year found an increase in interest in vasectomies nationwide after the Dobbs decision that overturned Roe v. Wade and ended the right to abortion at the federal level. Doctors around the country have reported similar increases in the surgery. We were curious what's happening in Oregon. So we've called up Jason Hedges. He's a professor of urology at Oregon Health and Science University, and he joins us now. It's great to have you on the show. My pleasure. Thank you for uh, having me. I want to start with the voicemail because we asked our listeners about this trend and, and what it looks like in their own lives. Here is one of the responses that we got. Hi, this is Rob from Portland. I actually had the procedure done myself. It's a decision my wife and I came to after Roe v. Wade was struck down. Um, that wasn't the entire basis. Definitely something we've been thinking about a lot before, but definitely contributed to that decision. And it just, you know, felt good to do my part to kind of lift that burden a little bit for my family as far as uh, reproductive rights and choice. Jason Hedges, have you seen an increase in the number of procedures that, that you do or that colleagues do since this decision? Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, I've seen in my own practice at OHSU uh, a higher increase in the number of patients requesting a vasectomy and Basically, my waiting times have increased quite a bit in terms of the number of vasectomies that I've performed uh, since the decision. What is the the waiting time? I'm curious what what the what the increase in interest actually means. Well, from from my practice, um, I I do a pretty high volume of vasectomies. It's it's a big focus of my specialty. And typically, I would be booked out four to six weeks, and I started seeing that I was booking out several months. Um, and so it's definitely seen an uptick. And talking to my colleagues across the country, as you mentioned in the segment, um, they're seeing an increased demand uh, of requesting the procedure as well. You say high volume. Um, what does that mean? I mean, how many vasectomies might you perform in the course of a year? Uh, over the last 13 years, I perform typically 300 to 500 vasectomies a year. Uh, and uh, I would say over the last, at least um, more recently, I'm, I'm doing in the 500 plus um, a year. Wow. Let's have a listen to one more voicemail that came in. Hi, uh, my name is Izzy from uh, Portland, Oregon. Yeah, I got a vasectomy uh, shortly after the Roe versus Wade change happened. It's just something that had been on my mind for a while, and that actually just expedited it tremendously with how the laws were changing and how it, things felt very unequal. Um, I wanted to actually just create my own personal level of equality by doing this action. Again, it was something that I had planned on doing for a very long time, and the uh, Roe versus Wade uh, action change just expedited it, and uh, I'm glad I did it. It was no big deal. More people should consider doing it. What do you think is behind this increase that you're seeing and, and colleagues around the country are seeing? 
It, I think as both the callers mentioned, there's kind of, this sparked an awareness of reproductive rights. And I think it, it kind of included the idea that men are thinking about it more in terms of their role and what they can do. Um, I think that's what we've seen across the country. Um, I think what would be interesting to see or to analyze would be whether there's a higher volume of vasectomy requests or procedures being formed, performed in states where there's a higher threat to abortion rights versus states where it's it's still protected. That was exactly a question I was going to ask you. Uh, so, but the fact that you're you're saying that you'd be interested to see that, I guess it implies that that data may not exist yet. I mean, you know, just to put it bluntly, if there would be a higher rate of increase of vasectomies or vasectomy requests, say, in Oklahoma or Idaho or Kentucky or Texas than in Oregon or New York or Vermont or California? Yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm not aware of any published data on this yet. Um, I know I have, I have colleagues that focus on vasectomy and, and male reproductive uh, procedures throughout the, in all states. Um, and they've all seen an uptick, but we haven't. I haven't seen any kind of good data to really look at this. But it's it's definitely something that I would hypothesize may be happening. You've previously published data about other trends in vasectomy rates, in particular the connection between vasectomies and the economy. What have you found? Yeah. So. Um, uh, co-authors, uh, including myself and, and colleagues from New York and Northwestern Cornell, um, we looked a number of years ago and saw that when kind of the summary is when the economy is not doing well, vasectomies increase. And when the economy is doing well, those of us that specialize in vasectomy reversal, those go up and we end up doing more of those. And that was um kind of looked at over a few different recessions during a few different economic periods uh, over the last uh, 25, 30 years in the United States. Is it as simple, uh, the connection between economic fears and not wanting another mouth to feed? I, I think simplistically that that's true. Um, you, you know, men elect to undergo a vasectomy for several different reasons. Um, but I think that is uh, kind of thinking about the economic um, implications of having another child are very true and important. And so I, it, it was it was an interesting observation that we found, and I think it kind of makes sense or, or can makes sense with what I see when I talk to my patients as mm -hmm. well. What's the age range of your patients, and also just if, the average age? So historically, the average age of a patient who I perform a vasectomy on is usually in their 30s and 40s. What I have noticed in my practice since Dobbs, and even a little before, that I am seeing more men in their 20s um, uh, request or ask for a vasectomy. I also have done a high number of men in their 50s and 60s and even 70s, actually. But um, at least in my practice at OHSU in Portland, Oregon, I'm seeing a lot more men, uh, you know, coming in for a vasectomy that are in their 20s. Some have not had children. Some are not in relationships. Um, 
classically uh, a cohort of patients that historically we wouldn't um, see as many of, um, but I've, I've definitely seen an increase in, in my own practice uh, in that age group. I've heard many times in many places about women who go to doctors who at, at, often these stories are they're in their 20s or 30s and, and they've decided definitely for themselves that they don't want to have kids and they say, I want to get my tubes tied. And they've told so many stories um, about um, being second-guessed by healthcare professionals who say, well, you, you, you might want them. You don't know. You don't know yourself. You might change. So you should really think about this. I'm curious if there is an equivalent um, for men seeking vasectomies. If, if, they, if you or others say, have you really thought about this? I think, at least from the male side, I, I think there was definitely um, decades ago that was more prevalent. I think um, there was a, a conservative thought about if a man was young, hadn't had kids, or even had a, a very young child, that some providers were not as enthusiastic to offer it to them with the fear that they would change their mind or something would happen. Um, I, I, I feel definitely with my colleagues um, across the country that do what I do, um, that's definitely not the case. As long as the patient understands that the, the idea of a vasectomy is a long-term permanent life decision, um, you know, we feel comfortable offering it to them. Um, it, you know, in part, someone like myself uh, who specializes in this field, and we spent a lot of time basically um, offering, we know historically about 6% of men who get a vasectomy will someday want to have a child. And that's been a pretty prevalent number for many decades. And there are options um, if they change their mind, none of them are guaranteed, of course, but there are options that have some high success rates in terms of vasectomy reversal and, either, and also sperm extraction procedures and doing in vitro. So there are options if people change their mind in most cases, but not all. Hmm. Um, but I think the more common feeling is as long as the patient kind of knows exactly what they're getting into and they're comfortable with that decision, I think many of us that do this often are, are comfortable uh, offering it to patients that at one time were probably not offered in the past. How do you measure the effectiveness of a vasectomy? <laughs> uh, so there, there are national guidelines on how to, uh, we call it clearing a patient. And basically it's a, a semen test that we look at. We look for the presence of sperm. And the recommendation is to check that sample eight to 16 weeks after the procedure has been completed. In my practice, I 12 weeks is the number. And we know historically about 15% of men who will do their first sample after 12 weeks will need to do a second sample to get cleared. Meaning so because a after 12 weeks, um, a not insignificant percentage of, of men still have sperm in their semen. Yeah, historically the data shows about 15% of men will still have some sperm in their semen uh, 12 weeks after the procedure. And so even though the, the pipes are separated 
at the time of the procedure, any sperm that had already gotten past that point where the procedure is performed can live in the prostate and the seminal vesicles for months and months and still cause pregnancy. So it, it's very important for a man to get cleared. Historically, uh, men don't do a good job getting their follow-up semen test, unfortunately. And, and anywhere from 37 to 50% of men never get that check test, and um, unfortunately. Why do you think that is? Um, <laughs> it's a good question. I, I don't know the exact answer. Uh, I think some men feel like, oh, I'm sure the provider did a good job and I'm sure I'm fine. Um, I think that's probably the number one. Uh, they forget, um, you know, it's three months out from the procedure. I can't remember if it was two months ago or one month ago. I think I'm fine. Um, I, I think there's a little bit of that part that plays a role. Is it true that there is an uptick in vasectomies in March to coincide with the NCAA basketball tournament? So in my practice, I do see a higher number of men uh, starting to ask for a vasectomy or I start doing more procedures in March and April. Um, whether or not it's directly because of March Madness in basketball, I'm not 100% sure of that. There's, there's definitely... Uh, some groups have used that uh, tournament to kind of leverage the idea and to market, hey, now's a great time to get a vasectomy. Um, because you have an excuse to sit in the couch and yeah. watch TV. Yeah. So it's a good excuse to spend two to three days of with ice packs, watching TV, trying to take it easy. I call it couch potato lifestyle. <laughs> um we, we do see historically before Dobbs and kind of before COVID in my practice, there was somewhat of a, a trend where usually October, November, December, I'd see a, a higher request and all my procedure slots would be full, most likely because it's kind of the end of the year and a lot of people had, um, you know, their deductibles on their insurance plans had been met. Um, and then in Portland, Oregon, I would see a, a downturn in July and August. I think a lot of guys don't want to spend a weekend uh, sitting on the couch if it's nice weather in Oregon. That's changed in the last, I'd say, since COVID in my practice, but definitely since Dobbs. So it, we were busy throughout the whole summer and even in January and February before March Madness. Um just going back, you had mentioned that um, one of your specialties is actually reversals and that historically, and it seems like a pretty consistent finding, something like 6% of men who get vasectomies decide that they actually then want to have kids. How successful are reversals? So vasectomy reversals um, can be extremely successful, especially if you go to someone that kind of performs them routinely. So in, in our, uh, at our institute, um, vasectomy reversals are anywhere from 90 to 98% successful, depending on kind of how far out the patient is from his vasectomy. So the, the farther out, if you're 15 years or farther from your vasectomy, then there's a little bit higher risk that you need a certain connection for reversal that puts you in the 89 to 90% success rate. Jason Hedges, thanks very much for your time. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you, Dave. Jason Hedges is a professor of urology at OHSU.